Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You are divine. Hello there, my authentic seekers, and welcome back to Divine Authenticity. I am your host, Chloe Taylor, and today we are going to talk about, I don't even know what I'm titling the episode, but mainly we're going to talk about how these are like things that in my 30s, I would have maybe done in my 20s, but like now that I'm in my 30s and I'm more mature and I feel like people treat me differently, these are like things that I will not do as a grown ass woman. These are things that I will not participate in now that I feel like I'm comfortable in who I am. So the first thing I want to say is, first of all, happy Taurus season, okay? Happy Taurus season. Even if you're not a Taurus, we are going to eat this season, okay? I've got my Taurus necklace on. If you are, it's like a little necklace that says Taurus. Uh, If y'all didn't know, I am the resident Taurus son. And uh, the podcast, if you also didn't know, sneakily, cheekily, cheekily, sneakily. Last week, I actually launched a YouTube channel for this podcast. So if you want to watch the episodes as they go live, they go live the same day as you're listening to the audio. If you're on YouTube, hello. Uh, But they go live the same day, just like a few hours later, and they actually premiere. So if you want to be there during the premiere, say hello to me. I try to be there during the premiere in the chats. And then the video is available for you after that. So Uh, Yeah, we now have video podcasts. If you're listening on Spotify, you also have access to the video because Spotify now does video podcasts, which I think is very cool. I didn't announce it in last week's episode because I don't know, I just kind of wanted to see like how I felt about it before sending all of you over there. So uh, some of you might have seen it. If you follow me on Instagram, you would have known about it or on my other YouTube channel, which is Chloe Taylor, uh, where I do mostly tarot card reading. I did post a community post shouting out the video. So if you want to watch the podcast, now you have the ability to do that. And I got to tell y'all my fit for today, I look like a hot ass bitch and nobody else can tell me differently around that. Uh, I look amazing today. So if you want to see this like hot, it's, you know what it's giving today? My fit is giving Nicole Kidman from practical magic. Like that was the energy I was trying to channel when I put this fit together. And I really feel like I am delivering. So just going to say it. If you want to watch the video, you should. But today, this video, how it came about. Originally, I wanted to talk about boundaries because I was like, wow, we really don't know shit out here about boundaries. And a lot of y'all do. That's not, that's not a hot take on how I think like everybody doesn't know anything about boundaries. But just like in my comment section recently, I received some comments where people were like talking about boundaries in a negative way. And I was like, what is it that we are not getting here? And I tried to record this whole episode on boundaries and I was just being too aggressive. If I could be completely honest about it, I feel like when I get really passionate about topics, I get aggressive. And I think that might be because I'm an Aries Mercury. My voice just starts to get loud and aggressive. Even though if you met me in person, I'm like the softest sense 
positive person ever. I'm a Cancer Venus, Cancer Mars, and I'm just like a huge softy crybaby. So, uh, but when I speak sometimes with passion, with vigor, uh, we get a little out of control. And I just felt like the episode was just not giving. And I was like, how can I give? How can I, Chloe Taylor, give? And I realized that it's my birthday season as a Taurus. And I was like, you know what I can give? I can talk about like basically being, to me, this is like going from being that girl to being that woman. These are things that I will not do now that I have become that woman. I'm not that girl. I am that woman. There is an air of elevation and maturity to that statement. And there's nothing wrong with being that girl. I think that girl is freaking awesome. And you have to be that girl to become that woman or that guy or that person. Please don't exclude yourself based on a gender identity. This is for anybody. But these are just things that since becoming over the age of 30, I'm going to be 32 this year. I just will not participate in anymore. And things that like I haven't participated in in a while as well, because Here's something, this episode is for everyone, like whether you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s, or in your 20s, I feel like it's especially for those of you in your 20s, but it's for all of you because I do think, here's here's what I've learned. Like number one, the day that I woke up on my 30th birthday in 2021, okay, I woke up, I was in San Francisco on my birthday, I was on vacation, I was thriving, and it was the first birthday in my entire life that I woke up and I felt like a different person. Okay. Like literally I woke up and I was like, Oh, this birthday feels different. And you know how it is. People are like, Oh, happy birthday. Do you feel older? And you're like, no, I literally feel the same way that I felt yesterday. No, on my 30th birthday, I felt like a different person and not like everything about me had changed. Not like I had suddenly overnight transformed into the person I am today. I just, there was something about it. There was something in the air that felt different. And I can't say that everybody who turns 30 feels that way, but I certainly did. And I feel like now that I'm a couple of years in, my 30s have been what I thought my 20s were supposed to be. Because when you're in your 20s, you're just trying to figure it out, okay? My perfect depiction of 20, now that I'm out of it, is you're constantly throwing darts at a board trying to figure out what's gonna stick for you. And people along the while are judging you while you're doing it. And I also believe because at 21-ish, you go through a Saturn square where it feels like the world hates you. You are too adult for this and too young for that. And it feels literally like everybody hates you. And everybody expects you to have your life figured out, to have it together. How dare you change your major? Oh my God, how dare you not be an adult? How dare you not understand how to balance a checkbook? How dare you not have money? And at the same time, if you had all of those things, they're also judging you for it. So mind you, before you're even 26 years old, you don't even have your prefrontal cortex fully installed. So you can't even do all of the critical thinking that you would need to do as a full-fledged adult. This is why I make the argument that nobody's actually an adult until they're at least 26. That's when we can have like real 
confident, cognizant discussions. And don't get me wrong. This is not me telling you that like you, if you had to grow up fast, you weren't an adult because I think that is very real. I'm not trying to take that away from anybody. I think that some people, myself included, I'll put myself in that box, had to grow up faster than they met, were supposed to, weren't allowed to be children. That's not what I'm talking about today. I am talking about feeling like you are a mature version of yourself and actually owning and like feeling empowered in your own skin and confident. And that to me is where I am right now. I'm not that girl. I'm not just throwing darts at a board. I'm not just trying to figure it out. I have fucking figured it out. And not to say that I never lose my way. That's another point I want to make before we go into the individual things is please make room for nuance in this conversation. I'm going to throw a lot of things at you today, but recognize that just because you might do some of these things like 60% of the time doesn't mean that they don't apply to you. You do not have to be this perfect. I am doing this thing 100% of the time, never falling into past conditioning for you to become that man, that woman, that person. Okay. This is not like, I always want to make room for nuance. This is not the space. Chloe Taylor, divine authenticity. This space is not a non-nuanced place. We make room for nuance. And if you fall into an old pattern of something that you thought you had gotten rid of when you felt like you were less mature or less self-assured or less confident, it doesn't mean that suddenly you're not an adult, you're not mature and you are less confident. Okay. It's normal when we are becoming a new evolved person or a new evolution of ourselves that sometimes we fall into those old patterns, but it's the getting back up the next day and deciding to go the new way that make it different and make it all the more of like a consistent habit. Anyways, all of the nuance out of the way, let's get to it. I actually compiled you a list. These are the things as a 30 plus 32 year old woman that I no longer do it's things that I did in my twenties that I do not do in my thirties. And the first one is have no boundaries in my thirties. I will not sit here and have no boundaries because here's the thing. When you have no boundaries, you don't respect yourself. And that to me is a huge red flag. If I am talking to you in a conversation and I see you falling over yourself to give to me, I actually see this as a red flag. I don't see this as like, oh, this person just wants to give me all of their energy and all of their time. And that's so wonderful. No, I see this as a red flag. I see that you do not respect yourself. You do not respect your time. And I'm going to call you on your bullshit. So when you do not have boundaries, to me, that says you don't respect yourself. And this bothers me. I understand, again, we make room for the nuance. Many of us weren't taught to have boundaries. Many of us have really tyrannical, immature, emotionally immature or emotionally stunted parents that still to this day refuse to model boundaries, even though we have so much information out there now on how good boundaries are for making good relationships and having better communication while protecting yourself at the same time. Because here's the other thing about boundaries that I feel like a lot of people don't understand. When you are setting a boundary with someone, number one, it's not your responsibility to hold their hand through it. Number two, boundaries are an act of love for the other person. <clears throat> Allow me to explain. When you set a boundary with someone, this boundary is 
an act of love for them because you could just so easily cut this person out of your life. You could walk away. You could stop talking to them. And the fact that you want to create a space in this relationship where you can feel safe while still having their company and their presence in your life, because that's all the boundaries for, is so that you can feel safe in the relationship. It's a an act of love for that person because you still want them around. You still see the value in that person. You just need a boundary in order to feel good and comfortable and present so you can be your authentic self in the relationship. And when I see people attacking people for their boundaries, red flag. When I see people having no boundaries, red flag. When you have no boundaries, all you have told me is that you're a people pleaser. And people pleasing is something I also don't do. This is like an honorable mention. I also do not people please anymore. And like I've been telling y'all for years on this podcast, I'm a recovering people pleaser. No, I've done it. I do not people please. And I honestly really need to thank my mom for this one because I'm just going to say it like it is. My mom is like my biggest bully in my life. And if I can have boundaries with her, I can have boundaries with anyone. If I could not people please her, I can make sure I don't people please anyone. And I'm grateful for that relationship because it taught me that value. It taught me how to go to bat for myself basically against the person that's biologically programmed to love me the most. And it gave me the confidence to walk with this and to not feel like I need to people please everyone. And people pleasing often comes from this place of parent pleasing, where we were taught to keep ourselves safe. We had to please that person or those people. And through my years of diving into psychology, learning about myself, distancing myself from my parents for a long while in my 20s, this was something that I actually collected where now I don't feel the need to people please. If I have a firm boundary and I can't meet somebody somewhere, I am going to honor that because it's what I need. And I'm going to make room for other people's boundaries as well, but I'm not going to people please my way to getting something. Because here's the thing that I feel like a lot of people do say, but they don't make room for all the nuance around it, is people pleasing is just manipulation. When you try to please your way into somebody liking you or controlling how they feel about you, it's you manipulating at like the highest caliber. And it's unfortunate because it's most of the time not your fault. It's something that was ingrained early on because people pleasers were often parent pleasers first. And it was probably how you had to garner love from the person, again, that is biologically programmed to like supposedly love you the most, right? And this actually creates this pattern in your life where you try to control it with everyone. And the moment I got awake to that shit, I was like, oh no, we are not doing that. We are gonna become the person I don't know yet well, I know now. I don't know yet, but I'm going to become the person that has boundaries and does not people please, even if I have to like go in and do a lot of hard work around that. And I actually think a lot of like past friendships, I really got to hand it to them because I think without those experiences, the universe has a funny way. When you say that you want to figure something out in your life, the universe has a real fucking funny way of putting people in your path that will keep mirroring the behavior at you until you put a stop to it and you say no more. 
And I feel like a lot of my past relationships and friendships, I really like would love to go back to those people and say thank you because kind of like with my mom or with ex-friends, that's something I had to learn through really hard experiences of learning to put myself first when I used to constantly try to manipulate situations in my favor. So that's something we don't do. We do not have a lack of boundaries and we do not people please in our thirties. The next thing, this one's going to be another hard hitter. Chloe Taylor in her thirties does not seek outside validation on creative projects. Now I'm not saying that like, I don't seek outside validation when I take a really hot photo of myself. Okay. You better believe I'm going to go show that to my husband and be like, damn, don't I look good? Like, even though I already feel it, I want to hear it from somebody else. That's normal. It's normal human behavior. However, when it comes to my creative endeavors, I have gotten very good at just moving in silence and doing whatever the fuck I want. Because so many times in my 10 plus year career, have I asked for somebody else's opinion? They've told me not to do it. I decided to do it anyway. And it was like the best decision. So I can give you a couple of examples on that. When I rebranded, when I, I was in gaming for like seven years, many of y'all know this about me. I was in electronic arts. I was part of the game changer program. Um, I actually got to like go across the world to gaming events, like on gaming companies, dimes. Like I actually felt like for the most part, I was highly successful in that career, but here's the thing. I would ask people closest to me what kind of decisions I should make creatively. I remember I used to go by the name, this is so silly, but I used to go by the name Sims 3 Copper Fox and then that divulged into Copper Fox. And there's a whole reason why that was like that, that I'm not going to go into right now. We can save that for another episode, but I wanted to change my name to coffee. K-O-F-F-E-E. -E. That was my name. Okay. This was like a series of intuition that this name came to me that I should rebrand. And I was asking all of my friends in the gaming industry if I should do it. Every single one of them told me not to do it. I did not listen <clears throat> and I did it anyway. And my career blew up after that. And that was actually when my career in gaming had like the most success. I got uh, several of my videos hit over a million views and I like hit my peak in that career after that. So that's what I mean when I say like creative validation, I do not seek creative validation at all. I feel the same way when I created the authentic self course, there were so many factors in my life that if I had gone to anybody else to ask how I should create this course without just doing it, I feel like I wouldn't have made it. If I would have listened to other people tell me like how scary that is or how I shouldn't put myself out there or how I should make sure it's like this to follow some kind of order, I never would have produced the damn thing. And there is so much power in not seeking validation, trusting your intuition, trusting your creative instincts and just doing it. So I will not in my thirties ask for creative validation from somebody else with any project that I make. That is up to me to like intuit the shit out of that and make it happen. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you wanna tell people the big news? 
right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The next one is... In my 30s, I do not binge eat or binge drink. Now, binge eating and binge drinking, disclaimer, we're going to talk a little bit about eating disorders, mental health, because I think that these really go hand in hand here. But number one, I used to binge eat. From the time I was like 17 years old, maybe even 16 years old, until probably around like maybe age 26, 27, And so that's like 10 years. I spent like 10 years binge eating and binge eating. It was a coping mechanism. I had to learn that through therapy, through talking to a lot of people, through talking to myself, journaling shit out, working through my own difficult feelings. It had everything to do with when intense emotions would come up. I would just feed myself. And it started from age 16 when I went through my first breakup. I dealt with a line of like anorexia for a while. And then it like backpedaled into binge eating disorder where I would binge because my body was actually severely malnourished and I would binge because that was actually what my body was craving at the time. And what happened is I created this coping mechanism that at one point in time, it served me, but eventually became something that actually really hurt me. So this was something that I really worked to overcome in my twenties and in my thirties, I just don't do it. I don't even think if I tried, I could feed myself past that point of fullness anymore because I literally just, I can't like, I don't even like food has become so unpleasurable to me, not because it's not fun. Like I'm a Taurus. I'm always going to enjoy a good wine and dine, but I feel like food in general, it used to be this thing that like I was so enamored with and now I just eat. I just eat. Food actually became so boring. Snack food is boring. The only time that I eat in a way that I'm not always happy with is when I let myself go too long without having a meal on accident because fucking ADHD brain, I'll just be like, oh, create, 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 create food. What is that? So we're still a little bit of a work in progress, but like binge eating, I just don't do it anymore. I dealt with the hard emotions around it and I don't treat my body like that anymore. Binge drinking was a whole other beast. And binge drinking, I will openly admit, I think when I was going through the worst of my Saturn return, I was drinking too much. I was not necessarily getting blackout drunk every day or drinking to like throwing up, but I feel like I was drinking to cope with my mental problems. And the problem with that is not only do you create this really unhealthy habit that's literally poisoning your body, but you create this dependency on a substance that literally does nothing for you. There is no fucking nutritional value to alcohol. Even that shit that they tell you about like, Oh, wine is healthy. No, it isn't like we actually have no proof of that. And the study that they did originally that people always like claim wine's healthy for you was inconclusive. And it like, 
there is, and I'm not trying to demonize alcohol. I myself love to have a drink. I, for my birthday this year, I'm going wine tasting. Like I will not demonize alcohol to you. I think if you want to be responsible with it and drink it, not in a way that is just to cope with your emotions, it is such a valid and fun thing to do. And part of the human experience, if you choose that for yourself, but it's something that I will not do to excess. And I actually, I want to say I started this before, like it was like late twenties where I started this like rule with myself where I would not drink more than four cocktails in one sitting. And four might seem like a lot to some of y'all. Some of you might think that seems like nothing. But for me, something I realized is that anytime I exceed four cocktails, it's too fucking much. I go to bed drunk and I'm so like grossed out the next day. I don't feel good. It's not me at my optimal health. It doesn't allow me to create or intuit the way I would like to. And it honestly sets me up for failure. And that's kind of my biggest takeaway with it is when I was drinking like six to eight white claws a night, going to bed hammered because I didn't know how to deal with my feelings. It was creating this dependency. And then the next day I would just do it again because I got into this cycle of dealing with my emotions, like numbing them out, waking up the next day, feeling awful about what I had done for most of the day. And then using the coping tool again in the evening. And I would just repeat like this. And ultimately I realized after like, I want to say I got hammered like a little too much one night and I felt so awful the next day and it like changed everything. I was like, why did I do that to myself? Why do I keep doing this to myself? This is not good for me. This doesn't help me. I don't like it. And this isn't fun. Like this is no longer a thing where I like a glass of wine with my dinner because it pairs nicely. This is me doing this to excess to not deal with the actual underlying problems. And so we got the journal out. I started talking to a life coach. I started talking to a therapist. I started talking to a psychiatrist at the time and everything started to get better. And that was when I came up with that rule of like, when I do drink, no more than four drinks, anything over four drinks. And I'm not saying that every time I drink, it's four drinks, but anytime it exceeds that, I'm always disappointed the next day. It's never fun the next day. And I feel like I just don't have the capacity anymore. I don't have the capacity to do that to my body or to do it to myself. So it's just something I don't do. We do not drink like that. Like I, I, cannot get behind like a bar crawl. Never in my life are you going to see Chloe clubbing or bar crawling. I feel like if you are over 30 and you want to do that, good for you. I will support you in whatever you're doing. For me, it's just not for me. I'm not the one. I will not be doing that. <laughs> uh, the next thing is bullying my appearance. We talked about this a little bit last week where I said, and sorry, I keep fucking with my hair. If you're watching the video, it's because it keeps falling into my eyeballs and it's driving me nuts. Um, but bullying my appearance, this is something I no longer do. I think that I am the hottest person on the planet. I dress for myself, which we'll get into that in a minute. It's another point on the list, but I think I'm fucking hot. I don't need somebody else to tell me that. I know that I'm hot. And when I look at myself in the mirror, I'm like, damn, even if I have mascara under my eyes, I just rolled out of bed. I haven't brushed my teeth. I don't give a fuck. 
I am the hottest person on the face of the planet. And it's not being conceited. It's not being a fucking liar. It's that I have nobody else to please but me. Literally, I have nobody else to please but myself. And trust me when I tell you, especially as somebody that puts themselves out on the internet like this, I have a thousand people ready to hate on the way that I look. And I will not be one of those people. I will not be lined up to sit and talk about myself the way that a complete stranger who doesn't even know me would talk about me in the way that I look. And not only that, I'm also the youngest of seven. If you think my six siblings were not talking shit about the way that I look from like very young or my parents, like, nah, I will not get in line with those people. I will not get in line with somebody willing to shit on the way that I look. And also it's such a stupid dig. That's how you know that you won an argument, by the way, when somebody starts to take the shit and be like, ah, well, you're fat, Chloe. I know that I've won the argument when all you have to come at me with is the way that I look. Wow. Low blow and you have nothing else to offer the conversation is immediately what I've been taught about the situation and the person. And I just don't waste my time anymore. I will never be the person that sits in front of the mirror and rips into myself. I have done this before. I used to be that person in my 20s. That's all I would do. I was one of those girls that would like, this is very toxic, trigger warning, eating disorder. Um, I used to sit in front of the mirror in my 20s and make myself eat in front of the mirror so I could sit there and call myself a pig and tell myself how fucking ugly I was and how disgusting the extra weight. And I'm like getting glossy eyed talking about this shit because I can't believe I used to do that to myself. And that's like something I don't think I've ever told anybody. So here we are crying on the internet once again, but I can't believe I would do things like that to myself. And Never, never again. I will never bully myself like that again. I'm the shit. I'm hot. I'm not here to impress anybody else. I'm here to please myself. And that's it. Nobody else can take that from me, you know? So will not be participating in putting myself down. <laughs> the next one kind of goes hand in hand with that. And that is basically dressing to please myself. So... I, number one, I grew up Mormon. Many of y'all know that about me. We've talked about the religious trauma that comes with that cult. Um, I said what I said, but something that Mormonism teaches is dressing modestly, dressing modestly like this. Oh my God. I'm going straight to hell dressed like this one. Like, excuse me. This dress has like slits way up the, the legs. If you're on the video, you could see the dress has like two slits. It's also spaghetti strapped. Like, Oh my God, never. Okay. So not only was I taught that like modesty meant something in like purity culture, which that already fucked me up in the beginning. Uh, but I was also taught that like, if you're fat, which I have fat on my body, I will not call myself fat because I am more than just like the weight on my body. Like I am not fat, but I have fat on me. And that's also not a diss on fat. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with calling yourself fat. I don't think there's anything wrong with having fat on your body. A body is a body is a body is a body. And you don't know somebody's situation, <laughs> but I used to live my life by this belief that if I wasn't like skinny mini, and I don't even like the word skinny, but like if I wasn't like 
I guess what we would call like a regulation hottie. Okay. Think mean girls. If I wasn't a regulation hottie, I felt like I had to cover my body up more, you know? And the thing is, if you've ever looked at me, I got huge tits. Okay. They're huge. <laughs> I'm just going to say it like it is. Do you know how hard when you have an apple shaped body with big breasts on top, it is to find clothes that fit you right that are modest, it is ridiculously hard. Um, or that like cover you up more. Number one, I don't want to cover up more. I like showing skin. It makes me feel sexy for myself. But on top of that, on top of that, it's, it's this like idea that, oh, you should cover up your fatness. Don't show that to the public. No, no. A body is a body is a body is a body. And again, we don't know people's situations. We don't know. And you are never going to catch me covering for anyone or anything is all I'm getting at. I love clothing. I love to dress up. I love to stunt on a motherfucker with my outfits. And the other thing is you're also never going to catch me dedicated to one style because that's like in the same category. I used to feel like I had to have a specific style. Like if I wanted to be steampunk or giving practical magic, Nicole Kidman energy, this would have to become my whole wardrobe. Or if I wanted to be like rich mom or rich auntie energy, I would have to wear like all structured clothing or no, you don't have to do any of that. You could literally wear something like I'm wearing today one day and then wear a fucking blazer with a pencil skirt the next day. And nobody gets to know shit about you. Keep them guessing, sis. And I don't know where I got this idea that my closet had to be like all neutrals or all bold colors or only certain pieces like this because I'm a classic girl or I'm a clean girl aesthetic or I'm a steampunk or I'm manic pixie fairy girl. No, my style will always be all over the place. I am never going to be somebody that has a curated wardrobe. And that is because I really like expressing myself through clothing. I love self-expression through clothing. And right now I'm in my practical magic hippie witch era. So we're dressing like a practical magic hippie witch. And, you know, next week I could be in my rich aunt energy again and want to wear blazers. And that's okay. I'm allowed to do that. So stop putting yourself in a box, basically, is what I'm saying. Fashionably, don't do it. Uh, the next thing I will not be doing in my 30s is listening to food rules. <laughs> um, and this goes for like anything, any way of eating, this can fall under dieting. I will not be dieting either, but I will not be following anybody's food rules. Number one, I have now gone to school to become a holistic nutritionist. And the number one thing that they teach you is that nobody's situation is the same as somebody else's. And every plan has to be customized to the individual based on their experiences, what they can tolerate and what they need for their body. So therefore giving us blanket ideas of what diets should look like for everyone, like everybody go keto, everybody do South Beach, everybody do no carb, low carb, blah, 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 blah. I don't give a fuck what your diet is. I'm not doing it because number one, I don't believe in diets. And 
Unless it's like literally your dietary choices. That's the only diet I believe in. <laughs> but my point is that not only will I not diet because fuck food rules, but if I wake up and I want salad for breakfast, I'm going to make salad for breakfast. If it's dinner time and I want pancakes, I'm going to have pancakes for dinner. If it's, you know, 2 a.m. and I want a taco, if I have the energy, I'm going to make tacos. Like there is no rule that says at breakfast, you have to have breakfast food. There is no written rule that says at dinner time you have to have steak and potatoes. There is no rule that says for lunch, it always has to be a salad. If those rules make your life easier, I'm all for it. I'm all for you doing what makes your life easier. My point is that I used to have all these weird rules because of diet culture that would tell me like, you know, you got to eat like a prince or a king in the morning and a pauper at night. So I got to eat like a king and have this huge breakfast, but at night only salad for dinner. No, no. If that works for you, awesome. It does not work for me. I'm not doing it. I'm going to listen to my body intuitively and eat what I want when I want it. And the funny thing is in the morning, if I don't crave eggs and sausage, that's like my number one breakfast. It's usually a smoothie or a salad. I will wake up and just want to eat salad. That is actually very normal for me. And I feel like in the past I would have shamed myself. I've been like, oh, we'll have a salad for lunch. Let's, let's have something else right now. When in reality, I could have just had the salad and satisfied myself right upon waking up in the morning. You feel me? Fuck food rules. They're stupid. Um, the next one is kind of a big one in my opinion, and that is Chloe Taylor at the ripe age of 32 does not define her success by her parents' standards or anyone's standards but my own. And this is a beautiful thing. When you can set yourself this free in your life, it will change your whole life. When you can look at yourself and decide that your success, number one, is inevitable. It is whatever you decide that it is. But maybe for you, uh, renting a studio apartment in a city and being able to cook cute little meals for yourself on your hot plate and like go to school in like an art school. Okay. Maybe that is your version of success. And then you get there, that can be it. It doesn't have to be, I need my $3 million mansion. I need to have my own wine label. I need to drive a fancy electric car. I mean, Electric cars, I do think are good for the environment. And I do think that we'll all get there eventually. But my point is, is like, it doesn't have to look like that. Your idea of success can be whatever you want it to be. It doesn't have to be this academic job that your parents put on you. It doesn't have to be, um, I think where this really stems from is in my childhood, something that really messed me up. And I will continue to talk about this because it was such a, thing that I have come back to in my adult life so many times and have had to redefine it. And I had this, I don't even know what my mom was on about. Okay. I speak very candidly about my relationship with my mom because I feel like I'm in a place where I'm very comfortable doing so. Um, because that woman is never going to validate my experience and I have no one to please. And I also don't care if somebody else can learn off of my experience, that's literally all I care about. I'm not here necessarily to drag her or make her look some type of way. I would actually hope nobody would even think of her and they would just take the experience and learn from it. So my 
mother and I were having a conversation and she said the craziest thing to me. She was like, my children, seven of us, there are seven all out of this woman will never amount to anything. And I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, all of you will probably own cars, but that's about it. You'll never amount to anything. And I was like a teenager at the time. And this shit really stuck with me. This shit, like I went to college. I tried to get a degree because of that statement. Um, when I was in business, I was always trying to make like a lot of money because I felt like it would garner the affection and attention of my mom and maybe my dad a little bit too, but mainly her. And I was always so concerned with like, oh, you know, I got to like own my own home or I won't be successful or I have to have some kind of degree or I won't be successful or I have to have some kind of big wig job or I won't be successful. And somewhere in my 20s, it hit me and then it actualized in my 30s where I realized that success was whatever I wanted it to be. So I could decide that living in my duplex in Utah, owning my cute little Corolla car and having, or not Corolla, my Nissan little car at the time and having my cute little animals, that could have been my success. And you know what? That would have been enough. At the time back then I couldn't see that, but right now I truly, and I'm not just saying this to like stunt on you all, I feel successful in my life. Are there still achievements that I want to go after? Yeah. Am I a homeowner? No. Am I somebody that is like even an LLC? No. Am I somebody that owns a really expensive, luxurious car? I mean, I think I have a nice car, but I don't consider it like a luxury item. I think cars in general are a luxury item, but I don't like, it's not like it's a Lexus or a BMW or um, a Porsche, right? It's nothing like so over the top, but I mean, it's an, it's a Nissan SUV. We love her. She's cute. She's my favorite car that I've ever owned. And that is successful to me living in my home, even though I don't own it and I rent it. I love this house. This house is probably the best place I've ever lived in my adult life. And I feel successful. You know, I, run my own company. Technically, I think I could consider it that I run my own company. I have my own podcast, two YouTube channels. Um, I do private readings. Now I have like products that I sell now. And my husband also like we do so well that he works with me and doesn't like work a nine to five. He works with me and does like relationship managing and video editing. And that is so ridiculously successful, but it's just not successful by my parents' definition. And I'm okay with that. Me at the ripe age of 32, I'm fine with that. I think I'm extremely successful. No, I'm not a multimillionaire. No, I don't own my own home. No, I don't have 2.5 children that I all have trust funds. But that's not my idea of success. My idea of success is literally living a quiet life by the ocean. And I have that with my significant other with no children. And I have that. So that's what I'm saying. Like redefining my success by my own standard was so important for my own evolution. And I hope if you take nothing from this entire episode, you take that piece because you don't need to be what anybody says that you need to be. You need to go your own way. 
And the last thing that I will not be participating in is gossip. Gossip is so gross to me. If I call you up and all you want to do is talk about other people's lives, you have already told me so much about yourself. And it just, it's gross. It is a false sense of connection where we think that we're bonding with somebody else over a mutual dislike of someone, but it doesn't actually add value to your relationship at all. It doesn't actually add value or contribute to what you're building together. And it's a false sense of connection. And it also hurts. Like when you gossip, I want you to think about if that was you being talked about between two people that you cared about when you weren't there and you're not there to defend yourself. It's fucking upsetting, right? You don't want that. And that's always what I try to remember whenever I like slip back into an old pattern, especially with family. If I slip back into an old pattern and I start to gossip, I always remind myself, would I want my family to sit around and talk about me when I'm not there? No. So I don't do it. And same with like celebrity gossip, what does the fact that Haley Bieber and Selena Gomez are friends do for you? Or like now that they've like, I don't even know the story because I actually don't care. <laughs> I don't even know what happened because I actually don't care. Like what does celebrity gossip do for you? Nothing. It does not further advance you. It does not help you. It does not make you more of a different person. You might be able to bond with people over your mutual hatred of celebrities or other people, but again, it's a false sense of bonding. It's a false sense of connection. And Chloe Taylor just will not do it. I will not sit around and talk about other people, especially when they're not present. Now, this is different, I feel like. This is where we have to like define what gossip actually is. Because if you're somebody that's having a problem, and you need like guidance or help kind of weeding through it with another friend, I could totally understand that. If you're directly involved, that makes sense. To me, that's not gossip. That's asking for support and also maybe for a little bit of guidance or maybe you need somewhere to vent. But when you're talking about other people's lives that actually have nothing to do with you, you're not involved with that person and you're not involved with their current situation. Even if you're just repeating things that they said to you, it's gossip. Don't talk about other people when they're not present to defend themselves unless the situation literally involves you and you're trying to get help with it. That is to me the only time that talking about somebody else is okay is when you need assistance on what to do going forward with another person and you don't know how to handle the situation. Outside of that, talk about ideas. Talk about your creative passions. Talk about your hobbies. Talk about you. And those are the things that I will not be doing now that I am over the age of 30. So let me know down below if you're on YouTube, what you are not doing now that you're 30. Uh, if you're on the podcast, especially on Spotify, you can also leave little things, what you loved about the episode, et cetera. And if you'd like to support me, check out my course. It's on my website. It's called The Authentic Self. It leads you through an audio meditation as well as a 20-page guidebook. And I really believe it will help you find your authentic self. You can also check me out on Patreon. That's honestly probably the best way to support me here. So join the Patreon if you 
you want some exclusive content and follow me all around the web. I'm at Chloe Taylor. I love y'all so much. Please do not forget when you stand on your own authenticity, you empower everyone around you to do the same. And I will talk to you again next Monday. Bye.